0: So officially, let me welcome you, uh, Tammy, to our Fresh Fiction Book Club. Um, So happy to see you tonight.
1: Oh, thanks very much for having me, Samantha. I'm happy to be here.
0: (laughs) So let's start off with something easy. For our readers that aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you first get started writing?
1: Sure. Um, I write under uh, Tammy L. Grace. I use my middle initial. And I started writing almost 10 years ago. I retired and had always dreamed of being a novelist. And um, lucky for me, I had a long commute every day. So uh, while I was commuting, I was plotting my first series in my mind, you know, the whole time and, and was so excited. And I wanted to have something to do when I did retire. So it, it was just exciting for me to um, try this dream out and see if I could make it work as a second career. And so I started with women's fiction, and it's called the Hometown Harbor series set in the San Juan Islands off of Washington. And then I always, uh, mystery, suspense is my favorite genre to read, and I always wanted to write in that genre, and my dad's been a cop and in law enforcement his whole life, so we talked about all these cases and murdery things. And uh, so I came up with a, another series called the Cooper Harrington uh, Detective Series. And it's uh, about a guy who's a bachelor detective in Nashville. Him, uh, He and his uh, faithful dog are great companions. And so they're traditional mysteries, but they they're on the cozy side with a little bit of a dog in there, but they're not a typical cozy mystery. And then I wrote several more. I've got about 35 books now, uh, women's fiction, mystery, and several Christmas, uh, sweet Christmas, Hallmarky type type stories.
0: Well, what's it like for you bouncing between all those different genres? Do you it's find fun. that you need tricks to get into the right headspace? Does it all come naturally? Just...
1: I really like it. I was just talking to an author friend today, and and I said I I like um, I like writing a little bit in in different genres. I get a little bit bored, I think, um, after a while. So I think it's fun to explore new. They're not diverse, you know. It's not like a horror book and a sweet romance book. So they're they're not hugely different, but I have a lot of fun um, switching it up a little bit and. You know, it's just like I I don't know too many readers that just read one thing all the time. So it's it's similar as a writer to, I think, want to want to be a little different. And I know a lot of instructors tell you never to change genres when you're writing, but um, I've I've found it works for me. So I I like it.
0: Well, I mean, and you're right. I mean, we do often read across different genres. And I know some authors have worried, oh, well, my readers won't follow me if I switch genres that usually hasn't been the case for me and and other mm-hmm. members of the book clubs here. I mean, we do jump around. It's like, "Oh, wait, you write this too?" Yeah. Well, let's check that out.
1: Right, especially if it's a genre that, you know, you enjoy reading. So, I I think it's an easy transition most of the time and like I said, they're not crazily different, but um, you know, I all my books have a like the women's fiction and the christmas stories they're all you know little veins of hope and family and friendship you know are are all woven in there the murder mysteries are you know murdery but um they they do have a sense of family there's recurring characters in there in the the um detective he was a lawyer turned detective but he lives with his aunt who's real nosy and likes to stick her nose into all of his cases so there's a there's a lot of family and, and friendship woven into those too.
0: And of course guess is in there as the dog. Right. I mean,
1: you gotta have a dog. Right? All Maybe. my books have a dog. I'm I have to put a dog in every book. So at least one.
0: So are you a pantser or a plotter? I'm always curious when people do write mysteries because I always think, well, surely you have all of this planned out perfectly. What is your writing style with that?
1: I I'm more of a plotter. I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm. I have uh, friends who, you know, they'll have a forty to sixty page plot outline. That's not me, but but I do have, um, especially for the mysteries, I have that very, uh, figured out as far as timing and clues. And I, I have friends that write mystery, and they're like, oh, I don't know who the killer is until the end, and I'm <laughs> like, okay, I don't know how you do that, but I can't do that, so. I'm I'm a little bit more uh, of a planner by nature so I think that just oozes over into my writing.
0: And is that also the case for Sisters of the Heart? Since it's a multi-book series and there's so many different things that are interwoven, right. did you already have everything essentially in mind for the entire series or has it been yeah. a book by book?
1: I did um I did plot out the rough series Um, I knew all my characters well in advance I knew the stories uh, ahead of time I wrote all the book descriptions outlined each of the books had had all of that figured out Um, I had quite a timeline because these span over a a long period of time and I think when you're writing a a real connected series like that I, I don't know how you could do it totally pantsing it you know uh, I think you you might write yourself into a bad corner there <laughs> every once in a while. So, I I did have um you know I, there's always a surprise. It's not like they're so rigid that there isn't room for like a character or an event to happen or something to to happen. But I knew um I knew why they were there, what their backstory was, what their motivation was, what their biggest pain points were, and how those books were going to end before I started.
0: Well, what was the inspiration for this series? I mean, because it does have such an intriguing tagline with, you know, the, the six women, the four decades, one long reunion, but the fact that these were all foster children who had never met before, right. and then they're all brought together. I, I don't right. think I've, I've heard something like that before.
1: Well, that was my quest. I, w- I wanted to figure out something unique you know, to write about. I love writing series. I love reading series. I've always been an avid reader ever since I was a kid and got booted out of the library several times to go play outside, you know, because they think you're you're not doing that enough. But um, I loved series. So I love long series and I never wanted to let the characters go. And so when I was thinking about a new series, um, I was I was really looking for something kind of unique. And I thought, um, you know, sisters are are a fun thing to write about in women's fiction because you have different characters that are you know are sometimes have similar experiences and i thought wow wouldn't it be interesting to you know i think all my books start with that weird what if question so i thought what if these grown women who had been fostered by the same mom and never met all had got called together for some reason you know what what would happen. And so that's basically how it started. And I I wanted to write on a lavender farm. I knew that from the beginning. Um, I like that area in Oregon. And so um, I thought, oh, that would be a, a beautiful place, a lovely place that I'd like to spend my days writing. And I think readers would enjoy reading. And then um, so then I just went about, you know, making each of these uh, sisters of the heart, their their story and what would make them able to return to their family home, you know, years and years and years later. And I wanted them all to be different ages so that they hadn't crossed, you know, and and would have different experiences.
0: And that's another thing that I really enjoy with the series. And it's something we've talked about in our book clubs before, is that we're always looking for those stories where the uh, protagonists are different ages you know, it, hey, it's great. We've read all the different stories where the main character is, you know, fresh out of her 20s. You know, right. it's like, okay, it's great. But having women across a lot, lot of different ages, and this is, you have this in a lot of your books, writing mm-hmm. with women in various stages of midlife. Right. Um, feeling too about that as a writer.
1: Well, I'm old. I think that's part of it. <laughs> so I relate to, you know, um i don't relate to the the people in their 20s or 30s and i i just think women like in midlife i'm in my 50s um you have so much more experience in life you you've you've uh, had a lot of peaks and valleys um a lot of joy a lot of sorrow and i think it's um perhaps to me it's easier to write it's relatable to me um so I think that's that's mostly it. When you're around um like women, like my mom is in her 70s, and I always have fun spending time with women that age, you know, they they have a lot of wisdom and they have no fear. And I think that's that's some of it. You know, when you're in your 20s, everything is you've gotta, you're worried, you know, worried about what people will think or or whatever. And um you get to a certain age and and that doesn't matter as much and you're freer. Um, you have great advice sometimes for, for people that are coming up under you. And so I think it's kind of a, especially with this, you know, um, none of them had a, a true family, you know, they they had a family with their foster mom who was a saint, but they all had um, some hard times. So I think they were all looking for this sense of family always. And I wanted to give them that and and have them have that sense. And so you have some that have a great experience at, at certain things. You know, they all had a little different gift that they brought to their table. And um, Georgia, this is the woman in the reunion. She's the eldest of all of them. And so, you know, she has a different outlook on life than than some of the younger ones. And I, I just think it makes for a richer story when you have all of those layers.
0: Uh-huh. Well, and that's true in the real world too, right? I mean, I can look across my friends and the age ranges that I'm close with. And again, I mean, it's a span of decades in a lot of these cases. And it's unusual sometimes if it's like, oh no, these are my friends that are actually the same age, but the others that it's like, oh no, I know exactly who I need to call for different things. And like you said, it's all the different life experiences.
1: Right. Right. And I think everybody has a different strength, you know, so you might turn to a certain friend for a certain problem or one might be, you know, the one that's fun all the time. And one might be the more serious one, you know, Harry is more of a problem. solver you know, she's very pretty serious and a problem solver and she figures stuff out. And then, you know, some of the others are a little more carefree and uh, things like that. And I love all the animals I wanted to, you know, I love, I love dogs, but um, I also brought in you know there's some goats and some alpacas and all sorts of fun things donkeys so I had a good a good time with all that
0: well and I think the other thing too which is another theme I've seen in a lot of your books where it's and we were talking about this some earlier too it's about that pivot in life right and the different second chances and so all of those different experiences being a bit older brings to the story and being able to capture that to for the reader of like, oh, no matter what things might have already happened, there's always hope.
1: you can always start right. again, right, right. And I think that's um that's a lot of this whole series is it there's that hope of a a second chance. Uh, I mean, some of some of the women had some pretty tragic events happen to them that brought them to the brink really of uh, depression at the very least. So, um, using some of the other sisters and also using animals. I think there's a real healing power when you work with animals. And so one of the sisters is very tuned into that as was the foster mom, you know, as far as, you know, the whole, when you rescue an animal, you think you're rescuing the animal. And most of the time the animal is rescuing you. And I think that's evident in, in some of, you know, the experiences that these women have. So I think, a lot of this is very relatable to people who have maybe had a shared experience. And I, I, in fact, when you mentioned real life, um, I had a reader just write to me this week. And she said that when she went to church this week, her pastor's wife came up to her and told her she read this series and her and her husband decided to start a group home for foster children who had aged out and they were going to try and help them transition into adulthood. And that really makes a huge difference as an author when you hear something like that.
0: Oh, wow. Golly. And it's an area that, that is definitely needed. Right. Cause so you know often of kids that do age out and it's. I know.
1: And then what? <laughs> right. How anybody expects them to just plunk into adulthood without a problem. So I, I think that's a real missing link in mm-hmm. Oddly enough, that's in another series that I write. I I had one of the girls that is a foster girl uh, started life as a foster child, and she grows up, and that is one area that she focuses on as a charity to to get home like group homes for aged out foster kids, so that they can you know get scholarships and get a job and figure out you know how life works instead of just now you're now you're eighteen, so go forth.
0: But with all of this, which comes first to you with the different stories? Is it the storyline? Is it the situation? Or is it the different characters? Because they're so rich.
1: Yeah, it's usually the characters. I spend quite a bit of time on characters. And so, I mean, I think that's what happened with this one is I was thinking about foster sisters. And so all the sisters kind of came to me pretty quickly and the mom, especially. And then I was trying to figure out, OK, so now I've got to to weave in, you know, weave that all together and make it into a story. But generally every book I write, the characters pretty much come first. I'm pretty character driven. The mysteries are more plot driven, of course, um, you know, with whatever the murder, murder is, but they're still pretty heavy on character as far as, you know, the reader gets to learn quite a bit about the detective and he has a backstory that's kind of interesting and quirky and so that unfolds throughout the the stories it's not the main point of any of the stories but little tidbits of his life unfold so i think it's a i think it's always characters
0: and with that do they talk to you do you see them in a movie um is it just you making them
1: i kind of do see them visually i think um and i tend to when i'm working on them initially i tend to look online and get some inspiration you know for I have it pictured in my mind what they look like. So then I'll go and and look and I build like a little storyboard in Pinterest or something else and, and kind of plot out what I think those characteristics are. And that way I think I you feel like they're real. And I mean, when you're writing them, you really feel like they're real and that you're spending that time and you're immersed in their life and you are right there. And you know, that's the goal. And that's what you want your reader to feel like they are with the character on her ride through these pages and so I work hard to do that and hope I'm successful at it but it's usually always you know something with the character that gets me started and as a reader I know I was talking to another group and I I remember reading some very popular books that everybody was raving about and I was like I just don't even care about these characters I don't care what happens to them because I don't I don't like them and they're not relatable so I think I, as a reader, I will stick with a book that I like the characters with far longer than I will stick with some wonderful plot.
0: That's just and it's also so important for a series, right? It's the characters which are then making me want. You
1: want to read the rest
0: book, right? I know what's going to it's going to get resolved in the story, but oh man, I want to really hear what's going to happen with these other characters and when are they going to write the book on this set of characters?
1: Right. (laughs) Well, and that was um, what was interesting about this is the timing, you know, to get them there. They're all called back to this lavender farm, but they all come at a little bit different time so that I wanted each sister to have her moment, you know, her shining story so the reader could learn all about her and then, you know. The other sisters are there, but not the main focus, but trying to get them all rolled into when they would arrive that was that was exciting to plot on a timeline. I have a lot of pages of the timeline.
0: Well, and Tammy I would do also want to mention some of your Christmas themed books because we're getting into that time of year where we're all like, okay, give us, send us the holiday books. Right. right. So obviously when you're doing those, it's not Christmas time while you're writing them. Yeah.
1: So What
0: are you doing to get in the mood for that Christmas cheer? Basically. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love Christmas. I I've always loved Christmas. So I'm a big Christmas fan, but many times I'll find myself writing them, um, during the summer, you know, like July. So Christmas in July, you know, I, a lot of times they'll they'll have that programming, which it does kind of get you in the spirit of of, you know, snow and all of that. But um, yeah, I love Christmas, so I don't I generally don't have too much of a problem slipping it in. in fact, I'm working right now on a Christmas book for next year. i' I'm plotting that one out, but I just finished up a new Christmas book for this year that will be out um, in just a couple of weeks. It comes out in November, and it's called Christmas. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so that will be fun. But, um, and that one, it started, um, it's called Soul Sisters at Cedar Mountain Lodge. And I actually collaborated with four other authors and we wrote in a, in the same world. And that one started also with Foster Sisters where each one of us took one character. So I had the eldest foster girl at the time. And so those books follow her and her life as, as it goes, goes through adulthood But um, those are very fun. And I've written, we have a big celebration in my little town. I live in Nevada in a very small town, but we know how to put on a Christmas. And so uh, we have a great tree lighting. So I steal a lot of stuff from what we do in our town and weave it into stories. But I've written, uh, the one that I always tell people to try is called A Season for Hope. And it's, um, it's based on a real life encounter I had in my little town. This woman was traveling through town. My husband's a mechanic and her car broke down. So she stopped to get it fixed. And it was a big, big problem. And she had, I think three little kids with her in this car and it was cold. You know, it was right after Thanksgiving. And so, um, he was telling me about her when when he came home and I said, Oh, we should go and pay for their hotel for the weekend. So, cause he was real concerned about her not having much. And so we went to do that. And in the process, we were trying to do it on the down low and not even tell her, but that wasn't working out. So uh, we ended up talking to her and she's like, Oh, don't worry. I met a wonderful lady at Walmart and she's going to let me live at her house until the car is fixed. And so anyway, it's, it just went on from there. And I embellished, of course, you know, like, authors do that. You just get a little spark of something and then you, you know, have to go with it. So, uh, she ended up staying here till about February because oh. she, she got a job, um, uh, to pay for the expenses. And then the whole town heard about it and they all started going in and donating to her, um, car you know repair bill and stuff but anyway i took that in that first encounter and turned that into a season for hope so it's a it's a fun story that i like a lot but i wove a lot of christmas stuff from from our little town into it so lots of fun
0: awesome well tammy i want to switch over to what we call our fresh fiction facts okay these are a series of questions meant to be easy off the top of your head okay sometimes we stumping people okay okay
1: no you'll probably get me
0: (laughs) let's start off with something easy okay Okay. who would you most want to be stuck in an elevator with
1: oh oh I'd say my grandpa
0: oh gosh I love that one okay yes okay um (laughs) you're gonna send me down a whole other tangent with that okay what is one new hobby or practice that you've picked up recently
1: oh boy I'm I don't have very many new hobbies. I oh, That's a tough one. You've stumped me because I am the most boring person. I read, I write. I usually reward myself with binging BritBox. So I, I really can't think of anything exciting that I do. I walk. Um, you know, the one thing, I'll tell you one thing. I just bought my dog these. They're called Pet Fluent and they're buttons to train my dog to use buttons to talk. So Don't that's what my new hobby is.
0: Oh, well, okay. You're going to have to keep us posted on that. I have seen videos like that with dogs and cats. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty excited to try it, but I haven't dug into it yet. So technically I'm not doing it, but I, I it's on order. It's being shipped.
0: You <laughs> have plans. Yes.
1: Right. I have plans. Big plans. <laughs>
0: What is your favorite writing fuel? Tea. Tea. See, I was expecting you to come back with chocolate.
1: Oh, no, I don't. You know, I don't eat when I'm writing, which you would think I'd be a lot skinnier, but um, I drink a ton of tea and I kept track. uh, uh, Usually hot, no matter the season. And so I uh, kept track one month and I asked my, I have a private reader group on Facebook and I did some little prize for who got close to how many tea bags I used for the month you know and it was over 350 that's wow. a lot of tea. yeah that's a lot yeah. of tea. that's a lot of tea so tea is basically my fuel yes rocket fuel
0: again the right group here yes I'm sure <laughs> we'll have favorite teas don't worry <laughs> but on the reading aspect who was your first boyfriend book boyfriend or girlfriend
1: oh Boy, I loved, um, oh, I loved so many. It would probably have to be Laura Ingalls Wilder, you know, that that whole Little House series. I was really into that as a growing up. So I just loved all of those characters. I loved her, uh, you know, her main character. Um, I don't know that I had a real book boyfriend in that, but I, I was just in love with that whole series. So. I just read and I knew um, that and Little Women, Little Women was, was another one. And my whole family knew I loved Little Women so much that I think I got like six Little Women books all on the same Christmas because everyone knew I loved them. So those are my two.
0: Well, what is your most reread or dog-eared book now? You know,
1: I don't tend to reread many books. I don't know that I've ever reread books as an adult. I still have little women however um in my bookshelf but i you know i love to read um mystery thriller and then what to me once you read a mystery or a thriller it's kind of like okay you know the the um, ending so yeah. but debbie maycomer is i'm a huge debbie maycomer fan so i i probably would have reread one of hers over the years but she'd probably be the, the best
0: okay you've been kidnapped they return you three hours later because you will not stop talking about what
1: my dog <laughs> they would get tired of me just take her back we don't want to hear any more about her dog
0: That's it, huh? <laughs> what bad habit has followed you since college Boy. you just can't get back
1: jeez have to narrow that down to what probably an obsession with pens I mean I don't know how many pens I have pens and mechanical pencils and paper so that has never that has probably haunted me since about first grade you can go all the way back to that so I still have that obsession and if I'm looking at my desk right now I see four pens right right now
0: oh yeah I'm looking at my big cup of different pens and pencils. Off and my to the latest
1: obsession, I love these. Uh, they're called Ink Joy Paper Mate Ink Joy pens. Oh they can, yes, they don't smear. You know, they're just the great. So I love them in the colors, and I use them for editing, but I use them for everything. So, yeah, that's <laughs> an obsession.
0: Okay, what road trip snack do you grab when you're at the gas station? Pretzels. Pretzels.
1: Yeah, I like
0: spiced so salty. Okay, what's something that was lousy as a kid but now is awesome as an adult? Hmm.
1: I would say probably like green beans and lemons. I don't think as a kid I I liked either one of those, but as an adult I really like them.
0: Well, yeah, you know, and I probably request a lemon with everything now when as a kid. I, love,
1: I know I love lemon. I love lemon. So yummy.
0: <laughs> um, what is the best advice that you've ever received?
1: Mm, I never give up.
0: Yep. Okay. Do you listen to music as you're writing? Or is, no. or is everything
1: silent? Pretty quiet. Um I have a home office, so I'm generally in there. And I, I generally don't listen to music every once in a while. That's one thing I will do if if I'm writing a holiday book and it I really need to feel holiday spirit. I will play a little bit of Christmas music, but most of the time it's quiet.
0: What is your ideal paradise or ideal vacation spot?
1: Oh, well... I'm real partial to the San Juan Islands off the coast of Washington, which was where I got the idea for for that series. Um I love going to Vancouver Island in Canada, and my bucket list trip is uh Scotland, Wales, and England. I've been to Ireland, but I'd love to go to all of those.
0: I would highly recommend Scotland. We went on a, a trip there with with people from the book club and That's good. Uh, it was fantastic just.
1: Well, I had it all planned out, ready to roll uh, when COVID hit, so then I couldn't go. So someday we'll go back.
0: (laughs) Well, and the most important question Uh is, what is the best way for our readers to keep up with you, stay in touch, and find out what's coming next?
1: Um, Well, I've got a website, and it has all my books in contact, and it's uh, www.tamielgrace.com. Um, I'm also pretty active on Facebook. You can find me there, uh, Tammy L. Grace author page. And I've got a private reader group that anybody can join called Book Buddies. So I interact there mostly with readers. And I've got a newsletter on my website. So you can always subscribe to that. It's right at the top. And that way you'll know everything.
0: And an additional plug for the newsletter. I know that if people subscribe, they can also then get their copy of conversations with dogs right, right. i interviewed the dogs, the I, dogs. <laughs> yeah i had such fun i interviewed the
1: dogs for my books and so yes if you subscribe you get a free little thank you gift and it's uh it's fun it's short and sweet but it's fun
0: and i can think of some people who are already immediately typing that in to get the copy <laughs> <of them.
1: laughs> well i hope you do i'd love to have new readers i always enjoy that
0: Well, Tammy, thanks again for joining us tonight, but stick around for some of the happy hour questions with our readers after this.
1: I will. Thanks, Samantha.